All right, we're ready to talk about it. Are you ready to talk about it? I'm ready to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay, I, I'm glad you are, but what are we ready to talk about? <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. Wow, that's a lot of information to take in, Phoebe. Uh, <laughs> what is going on? What is happening right now? We just saw the new Matrix, I think. Uh, if they cared about anyone but themselves. <laughs> I mean... It is uh, pretty mind-blowing. A lot of people crying. Mm-hmm. A lot of people laughing. Um, I laughed. I cried. I went to all the universes. Uh, yeah, guys. I, I, didn't, I don't know how they did it, but uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel... Scheinart. Uh, turned Michelle Yao into a one-woman wrecking crew, which she, which she has always been... But she was a one-woman wrecking crew with love this time as well, as with her fists. Love conquers all. That's right. And that was the overarching theme of the film. But just, just to say that doesn't do the movie justice at all. They yell about directors, yell about the plot, yell about the acting, but they also talk a lot. But mostly Joshua and Phoebe yell about the movie. Uh, you want to set up the film? Yeah, I mean, this was Joy Luck Club with the mother-daughter dynamic meets um, WWE meets The Matrix meets uh, Jet Li meets... What else? It's just a Marvel Comics. It was very, 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 very much so a Marvel comic movie. Uh I mean, I don't know exactly when they wrote this film, but they said the metaverse. And that either sounds like Facebook or Marvel Comics already. Because they, they said metaverse in this movie? I thought they did, yeah. Oh my gosh, I hope not. Yeah, like uh, K. Huey Kwan, who we also, turns out to be short round. Yeah! Her husband in the movie turns out to be short round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, y'all. And Data from the Goonies. Yes, and Data from the Goonies. Yes. Incredible. So good. Incredible. So the film sets up by showing him married to Michelle Yao and their daughter, Stephanie Shu, who is gay and her mother's trying to accept her. So she was having trouble introducing him to her dad, James Hong, who's been in just about every single movie ever, including Big Trouble in Little China. Great movie. This reminded you of that as well, didn't it? Yeah, a little bit, but I, I am having trouble putting my finger on why exactly, except... Uh, well, Big Trouble in Little China felt like it had more to say than just a, a, a regular action movie. And this one did too, although that's what it seemed like was happening at first when her daughter turned out to be uh, the source of chaos in all the universe. Yes. Uh, her daughter became very, I think, bitter. Yeah. And believes that nothing mattered. Mm-hmm. And somehow that turned her into a supervillain. So... So we don't see this premise coming at first. What we see is her husband, K. Huey Kwan, turning into some sort of Matrix-style superhero where he has like a team of people back home telling him what to do, mm-hmm. and he can leap into different versions of his body and gain superpowers. Kind of like the Matrix where he can learn Kung Fu or spit techniques or like or have a monkey on yeah, his... I don't know if this is the kind of movie that you give anything away. I think it's yeah. so multifaceted that I can't yeah. give anything away, but... The, the overriding premise of the film is that you can travel through all of the alternate universes where you exist across all of these universes. And when you travel, 
through all of them, which is what her and her daughter have this special gift to do, you absorb all of their learnings, experiences, gifts, and so all of the different versions of you based on decisions you've made uh, in your life sort of alter your outcome. And am I already getting confusing because this movie's so convoluted? Sorry. No, anyway, you were trying to discuss the whole theme of the movie. And this movie is so powerful with, like, the action and the emotion mm-hmm. and the love and the disappointment all coming together. But, like, yeah. but you don't see it coming. It sort of sneaks up on you, right? Like, you didn't see any of this coming at first, right? What I did was you- not expecting to cry more than twice at different points of the film because I was moved. Yeah. I did not see it coming following Mm-mm. all of the professional wrestling yeah his, her yeah her daughter turns into like a professional wrestler and pile drives someone to his death she does another wrestling move and kills somebody thrilling fighting scenes uh let's not forget to talk about jamie lee curtis at the top oh my gosh okay jamie lee i don't think i don't i have hopes that you're gonna hear this podcast but you are everything you are everything everywhere everywhere, all at once Yeah, she was incredible. So, as we originally see her, Jamie Lee Curtis is playing Deirdre, who is about to foreclose on their house. Michelle Yao and her husband, Kei Huey Kwan. They run a laundromat. They live um, in their building. They live in the building. They run a laundromat. But they're behind on their taxes or something. We never quite get the full story of why they're there. But all of a sudden, her husband turns into another version of her husband from another dimension. And... So that's when it seems like it's a matrix with like some dudes controlling her, kind of like the blacklist or, you know, like we, we feel like we've seen it before, you know, like she's shifting into different parts of her, of herself in different universes, but there's like people in an ear, earpiece telling her what to do, kind of like Mission Impossible, right? So did it feel at the beginning like, oh, this is cool, but it's like taking elements you'd seen before, right? And then all of a sudden, it, you see, it's bigger than just like trying to save the, the laundromat. Right. They run. You see, right. it's bigger. The guy explains that this character, uh, her daughter, has become this monster. And she's destroying all the universes, mm-hmm. basically. And he says she's already infected her. That's why she's bitter and it's turning against you. You see Michelle Yao being kind of rude to her and being scared to tell her dad originally that uh, her daughter has a gay girlfriend. It was a movie for all generations. Like, it's a movie for the millennial that hates their parents, especially their mothers. It was a movie for the LGBTQ plus community uh, and their parents. It was a movie also for pro wrestling fans uh, and American boys uh, that watch Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, the, the metaverse is definitely uh, tipping off of us. The last live action Spider Man and also the Spider Man Into the Metaverse animated film. You have a scene which you are going to die for. It's the oh. best film ever. Um, best animated film ever. Yeah, so it, it definitely was lifting off of that. But, like, like you said right before we started to record, this is like the first film during COVID to really comment on what's happening without talking about COVID. I think so. I mean, film in the depression, you, you think back, you think of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and all these very Hollywood glamorous sets, Joan Crawford. But actually what was happening were people were starving in the streets. So what people needed at that time and what they wanted from that time were these glamorous movies. This is the first movie that I think 
is a outgrowth of what we've all been through with COVID uh, and is giving us what we want to see, which is a world where love conquers all, a world where fighting strong is fighting and leading with love and kindness and hope, mm-hmm. acceptance, pride in, in your daughter. Yeah, but, but getting back to the beginning of the film, when it does its sort of like quasi-matrix, quasi-Mission Impossible thing where she's talking through an earpiece to her husband, but it's not her husband, it's a different version of him. He's talking to her and like a whole team in a van through an earpiece. Yeah, I missed something with this. What is? What was that? Oh, those are the people from the original universe. From the universe that discovered this ability to transport right, through which is, universes. Which is they're calling the original universe. Or so is the, it the, universe Right. They're calling it. They're calling it the Alphaverse. Oh my gosh! Did, is is Zuckerman like funding this movie? Metaverse is a term that he's been using with his, you know, Facebook's parent company, Meta. Yeah. Which every leader on earth is there is quitting from. Anyway, I I digress. Metaverse makes me twitch. (laughs) But your fear of the metaverse is a little overblown. No one knows what in the world it is like six months later, and no one cares about Facebook. In fact, it's dying. And hopefully Congress will do their job and break up Facebook because they need to be broken up. It's a very scary idea. Very weird. Freaks me out. Right, but he used it way after everybody else did. So he, I mean, first was Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Okay. But it was already a term before then, because they, okay. they were picking up a something. Metaverse was a term before Zuckerberg came out with a meta. Uh, it's, okay. It's been, yeah. It's I weird. didn't know that. Okay. Okay. I've never heard that word before Zuckerman. Okay. All right. So anyway, you were saying Metaverse. Uh, right. Anyway, getting back to it, I was, uh, I was saying the beginning of the movie feels like elements of things we've seen before. Like the people in the van that were the the original the original versions of those characters were in a van talking to her and her husband through their earpiece things, which allows them to shift or jump into different versions of yes. their bodies and yes. and absorb their powers like kung fu fighting or cooking or whatever. Yes. And so meanwhile those people are telling her that she has to kill her daughter. Right. Because she's become this ultra villain in all the universes. Right. And so it, it really feels like a biblical thing, you know, with like uh, Moses, you know, killing his son, right? Mm-hmm. Except he really doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then she doesn't. She gets the knife. Oh, and then uh, walks right up to her daughter and gets closer and closer. It's, well, it's not, it wasn't a knife. It was actually a construction tool with like a mm-hmm. blade edge on it. So earlier she had tied her up because she was worried about uh, her daughter becoming the supervillain in that universe. I thought it was so powerful. It's such a wonderful message that... It would take 10 lifetimes for her to get through killing all of the versions of Joy, her daughter, in all of the different universes, when all she has to do is love mm-hmm. her daughter. Yeah. And it will shoot through all of those universes. It's basically a long-winded way of saying love conquers all. Yeah, love conquers all. But we don't, we don't get there right away. We don't see that. It, at first, because... Uh, Eventually, the evil version of her daughter does take over her daughter's body, and then she leads her to like her little pocket dimension, whatever, yeah. and shows her and shows her this. Uh, made me laugh really hard. Uh, she shows her an everything bagel. 
<laughs> it, but the everything in this case was a completely black bagel. It kind of made fun of itself a little bit. Right. It has a sense of humor. Yeah, it does. The, the everything bagel was just a black bagel. It's making fun of how the everything bagel doesn't really have everything on it. But this one did. It was completely black bagel. And it was <laughs> sucking in the universe. And uh, her, her daughter, the evil version, was trying to show her that that's, that's all there is. That's all there is. And then Michelle Yao fights through it. And she goes to all the universes just like her daughter did because she, she rationalizes. If I can go to all the universes, I'll, I'll know everything like she does. Right. Exactly. So she does that. And then eventually she learns from her husband, who's been filing for divorce in some of these versions of reality, who's yeah. heartbroken. She goes to her husband, who I think she's about to kill. In, in some of the universes, In yeah. one of the universes. It was like a little jagged blade of glass. Yes. Yeah. But he raises his hands and goes, can we stop fighting? And he and Evelyn go back and forth a little bit, arguing about this, but he says, this is how I fight, is by being kind and loving and hoping. And uh, it reminded me of you, Joshua, I Aww. have to say. Uh, that's just as you fight, and it made me, I mean, so many moments in this film actually made me choke up. That was one of them. I couldn't believe my ears and my eyes, actually. While I was watching, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Chachua. Yeah, that's why I, I realized this, this movie was like what The Matrix could have been if it cared about anything but itself, because like that's how you really fight, is with love. And that is what Neo would have learned after fighting those machines for so long. Yeah. He would have learned that, but he never did. So have you ever identified with the everything Black Bagel? Never. Never. Not even Never gone there. Wow. Not, it, anyway. So uh, you can't so, understand this character at all? No. So the everything Black Bagel character thought that nothing mattered. She's seen every angle, and she realizes that nothing matters. And what like shifted the tide just a little bit was when uh, the original universe, uh, she... Uh, <laughs> Michelle Yao pulls out a baseball bat and starts breaking the windows of her laundromat. And then her husband intercedes. And she thinks, oh, he's just going to get me in trouble again. And then Jamie Lee Curtis looks at her and says, let her go. Because she's about to get arrested by the police. Right. And then she wants to know, what did her crazy husband say to you? And then right. he, you know, he told me he'd serve you divorce papers. Mm. And then she related as a real human being and understood that can make people... A little on edge. Mm-hmm. A little on edge. So there's a moment of humanness there. And so through, through that, her daughter saw that every single possibility that was uh, endlessly black or so she thought wasn't always true because he could see it one way and only see darkness. But he looked up and he saw a possibility that she didn't see. And her mother loved her. And her mother introduced her girlfriend Becky mm-hmm. again is her girlfriend to the grandfather Gong Gong and that's when she started to see something more than you know darkness in that everything fable mm-hmm. she created uh, even to the point where she goes just let me go and her mother does because like the song you know I, there, I think there's a song out there that says something like love lets you go free or something like that I think you mean if you love someone, set them free, 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 set them free, set them free. That, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> and uh, 
And you th- and you thought I was anti-police. I'm all about the police. Uh, talking about anti, did we pick up on an anti-Semitic joke? That's right. We in uh, this movie. Uh, I think we did. I think we did. Uh, actress Jenny Slate was called, who is 100% Jewish, by the way, uh, was called Big Nose in the film. Yeah. That is literally her character's name on IMDb. And right. I thought at first it was, well, okay, it does feel like a, a typical, like, uh, Asian joke in cinema, like old Jackie Chan movies, where, you know, had some questionably racist stuff, too. And so I, I thought at first both uh, directors were, like, older Chinese guys, and one director is a younger Chinese guy, and the other one is a white guy from Alabama who's also younger. So I don't think they get a pass for this, but it reminded me of that uh, weird moment in Licorice Pizza where the pizza shop owner ends up, like, marrying two Asian women, mm-hmm. and then he pretends to talk in their language, except he's just, he's like, oh, saw, oh, saw. He's putting on this fake language. Right. Just to, you know, which it turns out was based on historical, historical events at the time, but uh, a lot of people in the Asian community I saw on Twitter were up in arms because they turned casual racism into a joke, even right. if it was something that might have happened. Right. So, obviously, I thought of this when Jenny Slate's character is called Big Nose and his name Big Nose. Right. And, you know, if they're being attacked on our subways, on the streets, I'm just thinking about New York Mm -hmm. itself. Like, if they're experiencing Asian hate and their family members are being assaulted, if you saw a joke like that, wouldn't you say something at the bare minimum as, like, too soon... <laughs> not funny. It's just so insensitive. And they've been dealing with that for a very, very long time. Um, and they haven't spoken up, but now they're being attacked. So, anyway. Yeah. So, basically, what we're saying is if, uh, if you can't enjoy the film because of that one line or joke, we get it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, it bothered me because, well, <laughs> I was so uncomfortable because. You know, you and I live on the Upper West Side, which is a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. And despite having what would be equivalent of a Levitical times amount of Jewish in both of us, I didn't see her as Jewish when she came on the screen. First of all, I thought she was hilarious. I just saw, like, this bratty, vain girl with her little, like, lap dog and her attitude and... I laughed out loud. Yeah, she was a... Oh, yeah, she was introduced as this really bratty customer in the laundromat with his dog in a purse. Right. Yeah, she really was an annoying girl. And annoying, I thought, right. I thought her depiction was really funny because it was genuinely irritating. I think she nailed it. And then when they said big nose... Yeah, Michelle Yao did. She was I like, was oh, like, big nose. And for I, a minute, I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, I mean... I guess they're saying it's a common thing for older Asian people to be casually racist like that. I don't know. I I don't know enough about... Um, I don't know. I'm yeah, sure it'll be a topic of to discussion. It is a 97% Rotten Tomato on the healthy tomato side. It is, and it absolutely rocked our world. We yeah. I've never felt that oh, much yeah. emotion, like happy Whoa. and joy and sad. Everything all at once in one film before. It's a movie in three parts, but when you guys go see this... Walk, don't run to your nearest movie theater. Oh, yeah. It's done in three parts. And when you see this, and I mean run, don't walk, go see this. When you see it, 
I think when part three comes up, you and I were both concerned that we were never, ever going to go home again. Like, it was just very long. I don't think Parts one and two are very long. Parts one and two are, are the movie. So when part three came up, I was like, wow, this already feels like a couple of movies. So yeah. I don't think I could take a part three. Part three is not long at all. So Not very long. Don't worry. Well, I could have taken a part three, but I was like, there's nowhere else for the story to go. They wrapped it up. They solved the whole problem they of the really universe. They really did. They, her husband loved her. She loved her daughter. And she broke that generational curse with her dad when and she, she told her husband. Right. Her dad was the one who didn't love her. And she said something like, and he, yeah, he was trying to fight her in all the universes because he was trying to kill his granddaughter. And she said, I'm not going to let you do to her what you did to me. Right. Which is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's about not. And at that moment. Uh, her perpetuating patterns. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, someone in the audience, um, several people over, started weeping uncontrollably. Oh my gosh! It, you know what? I, I got a, I, I was a little uncomfortable. I was a little scared by that. Yeah. I mean, I this person was wailing openly at this at that scene where the mother introduces her girlfriend Becky to her grandfather. Gone mm-hmm. wrong. I mean, screaming. Yeah, and before that, uh, the guy next to us was laughing uncontrollably at several parts earlier. It seemed really loud. He was really loud, but I mean, it was... Did you think it was that funny? It was extremely funny. It was... <laughs> it was the movie was extremely funny. It's uh, extremely uh, philosophical, and it's extremely Jackie Chan meets the Matrix-style wire foo all over the place. It certainly The action is. was incredible, right? It was... Oh, totally Jackie Chan stuff. I totally was, but I wasn't. Ha ha! F- I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is so funny. That part at the beginning. She's so that, funny. That part at the beginning, though, where she, where she thinks every part. Right, but the early, I have to mention this part. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is coming over, and she thinks she's seen Jamie Lee Curtis' character Deidre as a killer in another universe. So she sees her walking uncomfortably, and she thinks, "Oh, she's the killer from the other universe now." And she hears her husband telling her, "No." Sometimes you need to stand up and fight. And so she thinks, now is that time. And then she clocks her in the face. Right. And then she's like, what did you do to me? I'm just a... <laughs> she's, she's the original Deirdre. <laughs> so funny. And everybody's like, what are you assaulting an old woman for? <laughs> but there was like fight scenes that all the guys in the room were like screaming, laughing at. And I, I guess my impulse was not to laugh at violence, but I was just mesmerized by the action. Right, and here's another part where it felt like tip of the hat to the Matrix, too. Like, uh, people from our universe would turn into their characters from another universe, and they were controlled by James Hong, and they all turned into, like, fighter versions of themselves. Like, just in a second. In whatever universe that she was in. Right. Yeah. So James Hong was leading... What was he trying to do? If he didn't love his daughter, and he didn't love her originally because she didn't live up to his expectations, she married this guy that he didn't care about, and he didn't like her laundromat. They picked up their dad uh, to go somewhere. And they were trying to talk business up. She said, oh, we're about to open a new, a new place. He's like, wow, another laundromat. Oh. Yeah, he didn't approve of her life choices. He didn't approve of her. I mean, we'll never know why. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't know why. They don't get into his character other than, mm-hmm. other than the fact that he's a cipher for every, everybody's disappointing father who mm-hmm. doesn't love you the way that you need. Yeah. But at the same time, this movie shows 
you have to put a stop to that. You, you can't just blame your dad or your mom on everything, all your problems. Mm. You have to find uh, a love within you because it's real mm. if you believe it's real. And if it's not, that's all you'll see is the every, everything bagel. It's really true. It, I thought it was a really profound film, especially in, you know, the things that we see in our culture. Not just COVID, not just threat of war, not just the social unrest, but... You have to be able to see the good or else you'll just uh, see the everything bagel. Right. Right. So it was. So not just that. And you can't just blame everything it. on your dad and your and your mom. Right. You right. can't just blame everything on your dad and your mom and and the suicides that have been happening. Suicide yeah. is a mental health. Yes. Is a really serious problem right now. Mm-hmm. And I thought, as funny as the everything bagel was, that was the object that they used. It's a very true thing. I mean, I thought it was a really uh, artful depiction. Yeah. Of what happens to people's hearts. It does. And now that we've dealt with the philosophy and the emotion behind the film, we have to deal with what was the, the funniest parts of the whole film, all the different universes. And one universe, after she knows everything, uh, the mom and the daughter are rocks in a rock universe. And all we see is them talking through, like, thought bubbles. So creative. So utterly creative. And in another universe, Michelle Yao is married or is or in a relationship with Deirdre, and everybody has hot dog fingers. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? So creepy. And they kept going back to forth to all these other universes, and she's a world-famous actress in one universe, a world-famous singer. Um, but the other really funny one was when she's a chef, and the other guy that's a better chef than her turned out to really have a raccoon hiding in his hat, and that was telling him how to be this incredible oh chef. Oh my gosh, that was so incredible. <laughs> That was so funny. That was so funny. Raku Tui or something you called him? Right. And it was all because of like a joke earlier in the film when she was trying to explain the concept of the multiple universes to her husband. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? There's like a raccoon version of me? Remember? That, that's a, that was like a callback to earlier in yes! the film. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what that meant. Yes. Okay. Uh, what were some of the other funny universes? Or was it just mainly the hot dogs and the rocks? Well, something in the funny one, if I could revisit uh, the hot dog fingers land, uh, <laughs> which was the creepiest, weirdest. And they also had a Bollywood scene they kept watching with uh, this Indian actress, another oh guy. Gosh, trying to, with the ketchup and, and the mustard yeah. and the fingers. Like, it was just so gross. But we see her and Jamie Lee Curtis's hilarious character together in what looks a little bit of like a date situation. I thought it was their apartment. I thought they lived together. I couldn't figure out what it was yet because the film is so segmented and it jumps around to so many different lands. I don't entirely know what I'm looking at. Yeah. But when they both were there with hot dog fingers and what looked like a date, my first feeling when I saw that was like weird. But they keep revisiting that world. And by the time you get to the end of the film, all of a sudden we kind of like love our hot dog finger people yes (laughs) and you see the genuine love that was shared between the two of them in an alternate universe and that's when michelle yao speaks to her from that place of love that she remembered in another universe and it melted her and which is uh stopped her fighting 
which is also a callback to very near the beginning of the film. Oh yeah, we forgot to mention the way the way Michelle Yao and the other characters transport themselves to a different universe is they have to do something really weird. Yes, because it like shakes things up. Things that don't make sense in the moment. Right, like this really Jackie Chan-esque fight scene. These two guys that were fighting with her were trying to transform into like a different universe and there was like a little, um, for lack of a better word, a, like a dildo kind of thing. They were it's an trying award. To, yeah, an award. And they both tried to jump on it and jam it up their butts just to transform. And that was... And that actually happens and that would right. be what... Um, I would say it was the low part low of the point, movie. Low point in the film. You liked it. Uh, it was it was sophomore humor that I have seen before from Jackie Chan films. What which, is this, an which, Aristophanes piece? I don't <laughs> like doo-doo humor. I know, I, I, I know. Listen, you're right, that was a low point in the film. But the only reason I bring it up is because uh, her original transformation like uh, thing was to say, I love you, Deirdre. Remember, Deirdre at that point was like this monster yes. stalking or monster That's pro wrestler. Right. And her weird thing that let her transform into another universe and save her. Oh, that, that sent her to Kung Fu universe where she's a Kung Fu master was to say, was to say, I love you, Deirdre. Mm-hmm. and mean it. Mm-hmm. Remember? So it's yes. also a callback to that. Yes. Showing that the power of love was, you know, actually there all along in the film. They yeah. just sort of set it up like that. Yeah. I think the world needed to see a movie like this. I think this was a very encouraging film after two really tough years. Yeah. An encouragement on how to fight. Yeah. We still have a fight ahead of us, but it's not through weapons and guns or <laughs> judgment or it's, it's through love. That's how we're going to get through this. That's how we're going to win. That's how we're going to win. Yeah. Otherwise, you're a big black everything bagel. That's right. We, you sure are. <laughs> I love you, Phoebe. I love you, Joshua. Thank you for being my... Ken Huey Kwan? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. No, K Huey Kwan. Say it again. I love you, Phoebe. Uh, I love you, Phoebe. I love you, Joshua. Thanks for bringing me out of my black bagel. Oh, I'll always be here to pull you away from your everything bagel. I like how you fight. I'm learning. Oh. <laughs> Fighting with love. Hi, everybody. This part here is because we forgot to say something. You know, uh, we'd wrapped up talking about the movie. Then all of a sudden, Phoebe was like, you know what? I thought of some more cool stuff to say. (laughs) So uh, uh, this part here is going to be completely out of order. And we're just going to insert it. So, Phoebe, take it away. I also thought it was so cool that they took basically two 50-year-old kung fu actors and put them to work. They were flipping. I couldn't do any of the things that they were doing, and I'm like a decade younger than them. Oh, they yeah. Were incredible. Yeah, Michelle Yao and Kay. Yeah, they were incredible. And uh, the, rest of the, the rest of the fighting cast, which was like uh, co-workers in an office, I think, or just like everybody else in the film. Even Jamie Lee Curtis was... Right. Everybody else turns into like a fighting version of themselves. Oh, yeah. Those were all the people in Jamie Lee Curtis's office. Yes. They all turn into like warriors. It was hilarious. And they're, like, fighting with her. And one of them gets piledrived and to his death. Right. <laughs> right. The pro wrestling part. Um, yeah, a lot of the people doing, like, these very Jackie Chan-esque action scenes with all sorts of chairs and whips. And uh, Jenny Slate uses her dog in a purse as a, 
uh, like a nunchuck kind of thing, like sending it flying across. That the was hilarious. Or, or like a, she uses it like a whip. Yeah, that was great. Interesting. I never made that connection before that she was using the object that she loves the most to fight with violently. Interesting. Very interesting. Also, at the last scene, when Evelyn is turning everybody's weapons into the thing that they love the most. Yes. Well, that was it. Just it, it broke everybody's heart. Yeah. One person had a puppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are all these sentimental things. But then there were two that stood out to me where one person, it looks like she actually gave him an orgasm. <laughs> and the other one was she put the, the guy that was revealed that liked S&M. She put like an S&M mouth bit in his mouth and spanked him on the rear because that was how he felt loved. Mm-hmm. So it was just an interesting staircase that went back and forth from Jubilee to it, it just showed the diversity of what makes people feel loved. Yeah, that's true. That that is true. It was was a lot of diversity and showing how they felt loved and and yeah, she used the power of love she got from her husband to turn everybody into uh, a quivering mass of love. And that's how she without finally, judgment, right? Without without judgment. Well, that's what real love is, by the way. Yes, real love is without judgment. That's right. That's right. And that's that's how she beat back the black heart of her daughter, even going so much as to fall after her in the rock world, which is really really funny. Oh, and another thing we need to mention is that uh, she realized the power of love through those little googly eyes her husband in the original universe would put on everything. That was adorable. And she would get mad at him and say, why do you put googly eyes on everything? And then in all the other universes, you see the googly eyes, and then you realize it's his way of loving her. So, Joshua, when I asked you if you ever identified with the black bagel's mm-hmm. eyed, yeah. uh, the way you so closely identify with the father mm-hmm. and his fighting with love and kindness Mm -hmm. if you've never experienced the dark side (laughs) do you understand it if i've never thought that everything was pointless i've never thought that i think it was more than that i think it was about her feeling pain she went numb to any hope right because all she felt was pain in yeah. every life, every universe. Right. She all she felt was rejection. Yes. So, so confirmation bias. Once she looked for pain, she found it in every possibility. Mm. That's because every possi- every every possibility has a possibility of good or bad. Sure does. And if you look and if you think everything's bad, you're sure going to find it. Mm. Wow. Well, that's amazing, Joshua. And you've always been like that. Well, well, I mean, I I told you. I was kind of a jerk New Yorker, running past old ladies on the subway. But uh, I never stopped believing fully. Didn't have it in me. Mm. I don't know what it's like to give up, but I sure know what it's like to love. (laughs) We got married! (laughs) We got married, you guys. I lucked out. It's so amazing to be able to marry the good guy... The hero in the story who teaches everybody how to love from their heart and be kind and that's really who you are. Well, thank you. And who also introduces you to uh, the coolest movies. <laughs> this one was pretty cool. I probably would not have gone to see it. However, A24 always catches my eye. Yeah, I it was Studio A24. Distri- my favorite distributor. All right, and that's our show! 
Yeah, about the movie.